Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. Sports professor Rick Harrow, keeping score. Big week heading towards Super Bowl 54 and also major events all over the planet. So let's get to our deal-making issues, three to one. Number three, starting this season, the golf's European tour caddies, who are on camera almost much of the players, will be able to earn money through endorsement deals. The caddies are having logos on their items like hats, bags, straps, and towels could significantly improve their financial stability currently tied to player performance. As it stands now, a player pays the caddy a weekly fee, mostly to cover expenses and a percentage of his earnings, notes the New York Times. Not for the guy who caddies for the seventh-ranked player in the world, since he does very nicely, says Sean Russell, chairman of the European Tour Caddies Association. It's for the guy who caddies for the 157th-ranked player. You do the math. That caddy probably earned 12,000 euros, about 13 grand, in bonus payments over the fixed fee for the week that covers expenses. If you're earning 12,000 euro bonus, you're better off stacking shelves. Since 2014, Valspar has sponsored the PGA Tour Caddy Hat Program, which pays caddies to wear the paint company's logo on their hats. European Tour's approach expands on that. That's number three. Number two, the NBA Players Union created an accelerator to aid athletes' off-court business ventures. NBA superstars LeBron James and Kevin Durant have become serial investors, lending their names, ideas, and money to multiple business ventures and startups. Now, their union wants to help its members with similar off-court aspirations to follow suit. To that end, the Players Association creating an accelerator program that's open to current and former members. The program will operate in conjunction with a highly specialized private investment firm designed to meet the unique needs of pro athletes. The firm's clients include Henrik Lundqvist, Venus Williams, J.J. Watt, Todd Gurley. The union says the program will offer select player-led companies benefits, including mentorship, exposure to like-minded entrepreneurs, resources of the, of the NB Players Association, and otherwise. The new accelerator includes a three-day training camp to be held in June, culminating in a final pitch to a panel of professional investors. Just think of it as Shark Tank for Hoops. And that's number two. Number one, what else? The Super Bowl. Brand spent about $5 billion on TV advertising during 2019 regular season, the figure up about 14% since last year. Number of ad airings during NFL broadcasts climbed more than 7% to more than 32,000. According to the data, the ads scored 157 billion impressions, an uptick about 11 percent, including Verizon, the top NFL sponsor, shelling out 150.6 million to advertise during NFL games. Insurance firms, Geico, Progressive, State Farm, more than 100 million on spots. Most money came from the automotive industry, Toyota, Hyundai and others. About 605 million. The studies come ahead of Super Bowl 54, which has seen brands pay Fox as much as 5.6 million for a single 30 second ad spot during the game. 
By the way, we assume that State Farm is disappointed to see spokesman Aaron Rodgers Packers fall to the 49ers and miss out on a super State Farm Bowl against fellow pitchman Patrick Mahomes. Maybe next year. Well, the Pro Football Hall of Fame's latest round of inductees announced last week, Bill Cower, Jimmy Johnson, two big coaches. The centennial slate combines 15 members in total, 10 slots reserved for members of the senior category, former NFL players who've been eligible for election over 20 years but have not been voted on yet, and three contributors, including also the two coaches, one of the contributors who is a special friend, Paul Tagliabu. He's been the commissioner for 17 years during a time where he took it into the digital age, the billion dollar net worth age, the labor peace age, and everything else. Paul Tagliabu, a contributor to the Sport Business Handbook, a friend, a senior statesman, a guiding light for the NFL. As we get close to the Super Bowl, it's important to hear all of the perspectives about and with Paul Tagliabue. Rick Carl, honored to be here with a veteran. Veteran's the wrong word because that implies that he worked his way up. This was the commissioner of the National Football League since 1989 and made such an indelible mark on the NFL. Uh, one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, it is destined to be a $25 billion business in the next 10 years. If, if things don't get screwed up, how's that for a How's that for an introduction? Paul Tagliabue. Pretty good, pretty good. Not, not perfect, but good. Uh, Paul Tagliabue would never compliment someone about perfection, even if it hit him in the face. So a lot of issues relative to social good and the power of sports. First broad question, the NFL as a social change agent, there have been a lot of things that have happened recently, but broadly defining your role as you saw it to kind of steer the NFL to a path to maximize social change or to help? Well, I always had the idea that uh, the NFL was about three C's, competition, collaboration among the teams through the league, and community. So it was, it was always a piece of, of my thinking, and, and that comes from Pete Rozelle. He, he thought the same way, and he, he was the one who started the United Way uh, advertising campaign take the helmets off the players. And he encouraged all the teams to be an integral part of the community, just as college football was. United Way is a good example. Lisa Bowman is here, uh, the Global Marketing Director of United Way. This is our 50-year uh, uh, legacy celebration uh, sport business handbook. And some of the luminaries talk about that relationship. How important was that United Way NFL relationship? It still goes on, but it was watershed in a way. It was certainly watershed. You know, Commissioner Rosella, as I said, started it when I took over in 89. The advertising commitment to the United Way was very, very substantial. But more importantly, we wanted the teams to be involved with the local United Ways. So I went on the board of the National United Way right after I became commissioner in order to encourage each of the individual teams to be more deeply ingrained in their own communities. And it's led to some major issues relative to United Way, all positive. Let's talk about some kind of seminal moments in a lot of people's perspective when you were commissioner and your reflection back on them, the first game that you either attended or pointed out after September 11 in Kansas City, what made that game so special? Well, it was the Giants playing against the Chiefs, and so you had a New York team in the heart, heartland of America. And uh, I was there with Gene Upshaw, the two 
conference presidents were there, Wellington Mara and Lamar Hunt, who obviously was the owner of the Chiefs. But when, when the Giants took the field, there was a roar of applause for the Giants. And that doesn't happen too often in Arrowhead Stadium. No. They're, they're pretty rabid and they're pretty one-sided. They're great, great fans. But that was, that was, uh, it was a sign of how America was at that time. Unfortunately, that's not where we are today. Well, before we get to where we are today, it also is a sign, I would think, of how important sports is as a healing agent. And clearly, not just in Kansas City, but around the country. Talk about that for a second. Well, I think it is. And, uh, you know, why is it a healing agent? I think it's partly because it's a distraction from uh, the workaday things that people have to do. But more importantly, I think it's, it's the essence of competition, but it's competition based on teamwork. So you have both ingredients at the same time. You have teamwork on one side and competition between the two sides. And that's a, that's a microcosm of life. So eight years earlier, it's 1993, and you chose to take a stand to uh, defer, actually at that point move, the Super Bowl uh, from Phoenix because of the Arizona stance uh, not uh, ratifying the uh, Martin Luther King holiday. Uh, successful outcome, obviously the goal of using the leverage and the business awareness the NFL brought to the table uh, to make some meaningful social change there. Did it? Was it a difficult decision and did it work out the way you wanted it to work out? Well, it was difficult to take that decision, but, uh, you know, before I was heavily involved, the Super Bowl host committee and the league's Super Bowl committee had conversations about what would happen if the King holiday was not in place. So it was not a surprise. It was, it was something that was part of the conversations going forward. Maybe people didn't think that the league would make good on what it had said, which is that it would not play the game unless the King holiday was passed. And then when, when it was passed, when we did adopt it, it was deferred, as you said. It was not canceled. It was not terminated. So we tried to have a balance between taking a position that was definitely an important position to take, but not being punitive. And just as a total coincidence, we're taping here at the 50-year uh, event, and Bill uh, Bidwell today passed at age 88. So uh, reflect for a minute on, on Bill and his legacy. Well, you know, I was talking to someone yesterday about Bill Bidwell, and he became the sole owner of the Cardinals in 1972. I started working on NFL matters as a young lawyer in 1970. And so we had a long, constructive relationship, and he had, uh, he had some lean years in cities before arriving in Phoenix, but I think in Phoenix the franchise has flowered and become one of the top in the league. But the key thing about Bill and his generation of owners was that they worried about the league as much as they worried about their own franchises. And I think part of his legacy is that his son, Mike, has got the same attitude, and he's a real contributor to the league. Roles of community of, of franchises in communities. Let's talk about Katrina and the work that you did, and I saw it firsthand with the governor and mayor of, uh, of New Orleans to basically keep the franchise afloat, literally and figuratively, and not move it or allow it to move to San Antonio. And that has to be one of the greatest social change moments as far as how far a league can go to protect a community's trust and interest in a franchise. So talk about that. Well, you know, New Orleans was uh, an outgrowth of the merger of the American Football League and the NFL. New Orleans had brought a lot to the NFL over the years, but I, I felt that whether it was New Orleans or Houston or any other city that could be the subject of a tragedy that we owed it to the community to walk the last mile. We, we expect communities to walk the last mile in support of our teams, and we had to do it for them. And, and that, my perspective was what my parents used to tell me. 
A friend in need is a friend indeed, so be a friend to people in need. And you were the Tagliabue Initiative for LGP Life at Georgetown gives you another example of the commissioner's role or position on these kind of issues, not just at the NFL. Talk about that and then talk about how we think the whole LGBT and gay rights and diversity issues have progressed um, since you left as commissioner. Well, the initiative at Georgetown was uh, probably a decade ago at this point. I had gone on to the Georgetown Board of Directors and the president of the university was working with students to try to make it the place more welcoming to LGBTQ students. And uh, my wife and I decided that we would endow that program at the university. We have a son who's gay, who heads a gay rights organization in New York City, so it was close to our home. But Georgetown was close to me for many, many years, and I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for Georgetown. Uh, not to mention, weren't you the all-time rebound leader at Georgetown for like a minute? For a few seasons, I was more than a minute. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. Uh, was it uh, was it Alonzo Mourning who who then wiped your record out? Which which uh, center? I think it might have been Craig Shelton, followed by about fifteen other players. Craig Shelton is not the name I wanted to deal with. How about Patrick Ewing? Or Patrick was part of it. history. Patrick was part of it. Got it. Got it. All right. Let's let's get let's get serious again for an issue that I, I know is is really important to you, which is the whole uh, role model and responsibility of the NFL. There's been so much um, discussion and turbulence. The NFL has done a lot in a lot of people's estimation, committees, dollars, research, um, player activism. Give me your 30,000-foot uh, report card of how the league has done in these issues uh, since you've uh, left uh, um, your tenure at the NFL. I think the league has done very well in a, in a difficult environment. And what I mean about a difficult environment was the onset of a hyper-connected society with people able to communicate in ways that they never communicated before and videos being taken of everything that goes on. So you're, the scrutiny that you're subjected to by the technology is extraordinary. Given, in that context, I think what the League has done to take the initiatives that you alluded to has been very, very positive and, and for the most part very well thought out. So finally, where does, where's the League generally, way too general a question, where's the League five years from now? Well, based on what I'm reading, it may be that there'll be more uh, football in London and even Frankfurt. But, I, you know, I think the key thing is to keep the competition on the field the way it's always been. And as far as I can tell, that's going to continue five years from now with the Patrick Mahomes and the others who are out there taking, taking, fitting into the shoes of Drew Brady and Drew Brees and Tom Brady, Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger and others. The key to me is to keep uh, those who have the long-term interest in the NFL at heart, uh, engaged and interested, meaning you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate Good that. Good to be here. And sorry about the rebound record. I, it was inevitable. It, it had to. It was a long time ago. Well, you know, that's not my only mark at Georgetown. I, I played against the coach, John Thompson, when he was a high school junior and I was a college freshman. That's when I, that's when I really got started on basketball. See, there you go. Thank you. Well, it's an honor to be a friend of Paul Tagliabue and certainly an amazing perspective as we head into Super Bowl 54 in Miami. Let's do the Sports Tech Minute. Under Armour refocuses its global brand through podcasts and long-form content. The drum says the sports company's latest campaign, The Only Way Is Through, aims to realign the sports label as one that truly understands athletes' drive to push limits, to break through pain and mental barriers, and features a wide variety of star athletes, including MVP Stephen Curry, 
swimming legend Michael Phelps, and volleyball champions as well. The new campaign led to an entirely new global platform of storytelling called podcasting, obviously, alongside out-of-home and OTT streaming buys. The brand is trying new formulas in order to get consumers engaging deeper with its athletes and launching its first podcast with iHeartRadio. The series, launching an eight-episode hosted by famed interviewer Cal Fussman, similarly, Under Armour brokered a deal with the Players Tribune in which the brand stars will write about their experiences in sport. And that's the Sport Tech Minute. Finally, the Power of Sports Minute. And here are two stories that are pretty compelling. First, capacity crowd of more than 50,000, 15,000 at Rod Laver Arena watched Roger Federer beat Nick Kyrgios in a one-set finale of the Australian Open's Rally for Relief to aid wildfire charities last Wednesday, raising $5 million Australian dollars, about $3.5 million U.S., including Serena Williams, Caroline Wozniacki, Alexander Zverev, and others, Rafael Nadal. Fundraising efforts, which include various amounts for aces served during the tournament and the sale of merchandise donated by players, continues as the Australian Open began in earnest this week. And finally, from a Power of Sports Minute, what a great idea. Fox honored Stoneman Douglas students during its Super Bowl 54 prep. The football team was recently invited by Fox to serve as stand-ins for the Niners and Chiefs as Fox technicians check camera angles for their broadcast ahead of the game. They're really excited. It should be an awesome experience, Stoneman Douglas football coach Quentin Short told the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Stoneman Douglas, as we know, was the site of the tragic mass shooting in Parkland about two years ago. Its students, including student-athletes, subsequently became high-profile international spokespeople for gun control, said to be an inspiration for Swedish teen activist Greta Thunberg in her international quest to combat uh, climate change. But here's an example of Super Bowl 54, really doing great by doing good. Like to thank all of those involved in the power of sports uh, uh, opportunities, including Paul Tagliabue from his uh, uh, interview, and most important, the Power of Sports Minute. Well, that's it for Keeping Score today. We'd like to thank all of you who put together the show and specifically you guys for listening and watching. And join us next week when we continue to keep score. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. Assistance provided by Carlos Swadek. Tanner Simpkins, Reuters Digital, I'm Ricardo. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.